The following presentation was recorded at the Newbury Buddhist Monastery, Victoria, Australia. Please visit our website at nbm.org.au. Good evening from Newbury Buddhist Monastery, where we are observing the rains retreat here, um, but still um, teaching a little bit together with Ajahn Sadaro in town and also Chiguang Sunim. Uh, who is uh, giving some teachings. So usually um, we have the Sunday uh, Dhamma talk and then the guided meditation on Monday by the same monastic. And for me, usually it primes me a little bit also for the meditation. So you will notice that very often the talk that I give and the meditation that I lead on Monday are somewhat related or somewhat connected. And on Sunday, yesterday, I was talking about the Brahma Viharas and we had a look together at the first one, uh, which is loving kindness or unconditional love, unconditional kindness, um, unconditional acceptance as well. And um, I would like to integrate that in tonight's session not as a formal meta meditation where we go you know through the different people and radiate meta radiate this this kindness out into the world but by just reflecting a little bit on what i um, have been talking about yesterday so with kindness or with love there is something called an close enemy to that emotion or to that feeling that we evoke in our heart, that we uncover in our hearts. And the close enemy is something which is not quite that feeling, but it is masquerading as it very often, or it's very, very close, but it's, it's still not the right thing. It's the enemy and not the friend. And that is attachment. That is basically trying to manipulate or trying to control, trying to hold on. And as I was trying to describe yesterday during the talk, real metta, real love is always connected with trust and with letting go. So if we are grasping, if we are holding, then there is still something in the mix there, which is not so pure. And I've been reflecting on that uh, recently when I was teaching as well over in uh, WA in Western Australia before I came here to Melbourne. And as reflecting on the two sides. So if I am holding, then of course, I try to make sure that that holding is a very soft holding, is a very gentle holding, is like holding a space for someone else, for example. Or even if we are embracing another being, we are not really squeezing that being. We're not you know, holding on in such a way that it is unpleasant for the other person on the other end 
receiving our hug, receiving our embrace, hopefully. I mean, I don't know <laughs> how people embrace people out there. Of course, sometimes it can be a firm embrace when uh, it's, it's quite emotional or whatever, uh, or when we haven't seen a person for a long time, or especially now with COVID and all these kind of things, uh, when we're not able to travel, travel and not able to, to, to touch each other because basically, you know, we, we distanced from each other. But there is this perspective from the person who is holding or who is embracing. And then there is also the perspective from the other end, from being held. And I've heard someone guide a meditation in the past that emphasized that point of being held being held by the ground, being held by nature, being held by the space, whatever it might be. And I found it really, really insightful. And I found it really interesting to um, change that perspective. And one other thing that came to mind for me is a picture that I think also Ajahn Brahm has brought up in the past. So, so much conditioning in my monastic life comes from my teacher Ajahn Brahm in Western Australia, from all the talks he has given, from all the interactions that I've had um, with him, just living with him in, in the same monastery. And one of those um, pictures is the picture of the child who is being held by its mother or by its father or even by, you know, an aunt or an uncle or just a, a, a person that little being trusts. And it trusts so much that it can actually go asleep um, while it's being held, while it's being carried, while it's being supported by that parent or by that guardian or by that friend. And I hope that we can get in touch with something similar tonight during the meditation that I will be guiding, that we can feel so at ease, so safe, so trusting, and that we can let go to such an extent that we can relax so much like the child who's going asleep. Hopefully, we're not going to go asleep during the meditation, though. So we are still going to be awake. But what can go asleep and what can drop away, what can be released, is all those things that have happened in the past to us that might still be you know, lingering in our bodies and in our minds. So if we can release that, if we can let that sleep for a little while, give it a little rest. That would be so wonderful. That would be so beautiful. And the other thing that I um, spoke about yesterday that I thought might appear somehow in the meditation as well, we'll see how we go, is this idea of focusing on whatever is beneficial, whatever is going to be useful to the meditation and that we discard or disregard or ignore the things that are disturbing us, that are weighing us down. So when you use the word ignoring, as it was used in that sutta that I was reading out, um, 
it can be a bit misleading sometimes. So it doesn't mean that we don't accept um, what is there because that is very, very important. Because if we don't, then we start to be, uh, then we start pushing things away and then we get this, um, you know, kind of tug of war, uh, I think it's called, or we just have this pulling and pushing and uh, the energy is not flowing inwards and um, the energy is not increasing. We are actually wasting the energy. So acceptance is very, very important. So we accept whatever is there in our bodies, in our minds, um, in our emotions, but we make sure that we don't feed those things. So by ignoring, it just means we don't value those things. We don't focus on those things. We don't let the energy flow in those areas. So we let them flow into the areas that are wholesome, that are beneficial, that are helpful. And the other imagery that was used during the talk yesterday was the light. So the awareness that there is a light like a sun and that it's just covered over with those difficult things, with those problems, with those defilements, with those corruptions as they were called uh, in the translation by Ajahn Sujato. And one thing that you might imagine during the meditation is that that light is hidden behind those things. But there are little cracks here and there where that light can shine through. And our job is to find those cracks, to focus on those cracks and to make sure that we that way get in touch with this inner light, with this inner energy, with this inner joy and then expand it and let it let it become stronger and flow outside and also start touching those areas that have been in the dark before so we are kind of breaking through those boundaries of those hindrances of those um, stains or whatever we want to call them call them that are covering up that uh, internal light that internal energy, that internal joy. Yes, so hopefully we'll be able to soften, to release, to receive. And as I was trying to describe in the beginning there, to also be on the receiving end. When we are receiving, then we are open, then we are listening, then we are not trying to talk or to speak or to think or to solve things or just that the whole energy is not going into activity. The energy is going into slowing down. And then the slowing down starts to gain momentum, which doesn't really make sense if you say it this way, but it does. And things start to become slower and slower and slower until they stop and fade into the background until they are completely gone at some stage. All right, so I hope that is a little bit of an introduction for tonight for our meditation together. 
So please um, find a nice spot where you can sit if you are not already doing that, where it's um, quiet. It's also helpful to, you know, switch off all kind of other things that might be disturbing you at this time so that the world is not tugging at us while we are in meditation together. And also, I think uh, it's a good idea to refrain to, you know, do the chat at this time and to get caught up in what we might want to say or what other people are saying and then starting to think about it. So there will be enough time at the end of the meditation to formulate a question if you haven't already done so. Um, usually what happens uh, when we end the meditation, I sometimes talk for a couple more minutes, <laughs> whatever comes to mind at that time, and then you have time to um, ask you a question then. And if there isn't any questions, that's actually beautiful as well. Sometimes after the meditation, I don't really feel like doing too much. But of course, if there will be questions, I will try my best to see um, if they can be addressed. But it is nice if they're connected to um, meditation and hopefully also maybe connected to what you've experienced um, or um, relevant to um, what we have been talking about tonight. Good. So let's settle in to our posture. Settle into our bodies. And one of the important things here is that you feel relaxed, that you feel at ease, but still that there is energy. Hopefully also interest and, and joy. But whatever that might, might mean for you, if you are sitting on the floor cross-legged or if you are on a stool or, or on a chair, leaning against something, or maybe even lying down if that is uh, um, you know, necessary for your body at this time. But try to see if you can remain alert, remain wakeful. And it can also be helpful to take a few breaths in the beginning that are a little bit deeper to just arrive. Especially the out breaths can be a bit longer. Or maybe you're even sighing a little bit when you're breathing out. Just unburdening yourself and relaxing.
And the in-breath can be used to energize, to maybe stretch your spine a little bit when you're breathing in and then relaxing it when you're breathing out. Letting your shoulders drop backwards when you breathe in, opening your chest and then letting them drop away, following gravity. And of course also closing your eyes if you haven't already done so that is comfortable for you, if that is something you're not used to, you can just close them slightly. So that we don't have the visual world disturbing us at this time. And then we can let our awareness drop into our bodies. Question I often encourage people to ask at this point is, you just ask yourself, how do I know that I have a body? Not intellectually, but on a feeling level. What does it actually feel like? Maybe you feel the touching points where the body meets the chair or the mat or the stool or the ground. You might feel your hands wherever they are positioned. the gentle touch of your clothing. The air or the temperature on your skin.
And now is also the time to wiggle a little bit or to adjust your body in any way. That gives you more comfort, that gives you more ease. Let's see if we can just hold the space that our body occupies. Holding it, embracing it, with our awareness. With our presence. In a kind and soft way. Not holding on or holding tight, but just holding with a soft touch. With a kind, warm embrace. And hopefully you can already feel the releasing that happens when you do that with a kind attitude. So that the body can melt into that soft embrace of you being aware, of you being present. And the beneficial quality within the body is that relaxation, is that ease. That is our warm glow. That is there from the inside out shining
shining through the cracks. finding a way to express itself. To awaken. Feeling your way to see what kindles and what encourages the positive, bright, awake, warm light from your body to shine. And to spread. From wherever it is, the brightest and the warmest, spreading into the areas that haven't been touched by it before. And that way expanding in all directions. Upwards and downwards. all the way up to the head, all the way down to the toes. And all around. Touching the bones, the muscles, the organs. the skin, radiating in all directions. Also out into the arms, all the way down to the fingertips.
And the deeper we go, the quieter we become, the more we become the receiver. We realize that we are not holding our bodies in our awareness, but that our awareness is being held by our bodies. Which means we can relax even deeper. We can trust and release even more. like that little child that I talked about. She can completely let go. Completely hand itself over. And being held. by this radiant energy of our bodies. And as we let ourselves sink deeper releasing more and more in our physical, our bodily feelings start to fade into the background. And then we can introduce our awareness to the mind and the contents of the mind. Thoughts, 
moving through emotions, The mind is harder to define compared to the body. Let's see if you can just hold this space, this mental space. In a kind and warm embrace. Gently holding this space in which the thoughts and emotions appear, stay for a little while, change, and then move on. allowing them to do their thing. Without getting involved. Or trying to guide them in any way. Just allowing them to occupy this space that you hold with your kind, soft mind. with your awareness. And as with your body, might be able to see or to feel those thoughts and emotions. Relax. Coming more smooth.
easeful and slowing down, but all by themselves, because they're not fed with negativity or control. And as you are softly, kindly holding this space in which the thoughts and emotions appear and disappear, you realize that the biggest part in this space is actually stillness. And the thoughts and emotions are just little blips and waves moving through. And as you soften and as you release, and receive this stillness more and more, it expands and takes more and more space. It fills, it glows and radiates as well. The more you trust, the more you release, 
more you are realizing that you are being held by this stillness. drawn in by it. Surrounded, embraced, and held. If you wish to hang out here and go deeper, please do so. But if you wish to invite the breath to be your object, you can do that now, if you haven't already done so. Gently, softly, holding the space in which the breath moves in and out. Smoothly, effortlessly.
and releasing even deeper. Trusting your breath. To hold you. For the remainder of the meditation.
And as we are slowly approaching the end of the meditation, reflect on how it feels. to be held. Reflecting on what you did what you allowed you to soften to release and to receive Feeling the difference in your body, in your mind, in your emotional state. in the presence or absence of thinking, just taking stock of the movement of the mind at which speed it is moving or rather hardly moving at all. Allowing yourself to arrive back in your body. Back in the surroundings that your body is in. Connecting to the senses. And then as I Ring the gong three times, making your way out of this meditation.
Okay. I'm back. <laughs> I disappeared for a little while. <laughs> you might not have noticed on the other end, but uh, it wasn't just the body and the mind switching off, it was the computer and the whole connection actually switching off. <laughs> but uh, yeah. As soon as the power source was um, connected again, then we were fine. Okay, do we have any questions or do you want me to carry on talking for a little bit, Langdon? Um, thank you very much, Bhante. Yes, it seems like the computer picked up on your very deep state of relaxation there and went to sleep, did it? <laughs> okay. We do have uh, two questions at this point that were actually asked even before we started the guided meditation. Oh, okay, yes. There were maybe everyone else's brains are still trying to reboot. So more questions may come in, but in the meantime, I'll ask these two. Yes, please. Um, the first one is um, from Kim in the US, actually. We've been joined by people from all over the world, including France and Germany and Sweden and Indonesia, um, as well as across Australia tonight. And the first question is, uh, sometimes I get to a point in meditation where all seems still and peaceful, then mm. I get excited about it and then realise <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Any thoughts on what to do when that happens? Yes. So uh, those are two very common reactions. When these kind of things happen, we, we have a bit of feedback there, but uh, yeah, hope it's not too bad. <laughs> or maybe you can mute yourself um, I don't, while I'm uh, talking, that might help. Um, yes, so the two reactions that usually happen um, when we get peaceful, when the energy start flowing, when things happen that we don't expect, either we can be afraid because we are feeling that we are losing something or it's just so new that fear arises or excitement arises. We're like, yay, yay, something is happening. Yay, meditation is working, <laughs> whatever it might be. And that is a movement of the mind. And in meditation, we are stilling the mind. So we are moving in the direction of having less and less movement, more and more stillness. And then when the movement picks up again, then we are kind of thrown out of that, that state because we are stopping to stop, <laughs> so to speak. So we are stopping to put the causes into place that lead to the stillness deepening. Um, it's a matter of knowing that that is happening and not making it worse, making it, a, you know, a problem. Um, and with experience and with um, knowing that we can trust, that we can be held by those deeper, stiller states, we 
don't create the movement which disrupts those states. One thing that Ajahn Brahm um, recommends if these things keep happening, that we just remind ourselves at the beginning of the meditation that if we get to this point, to this boundary, so to speak, we can program our mind not to get excited, to just stay soft, stay open, stay still, observe, receive, but don't think or act. And then uh, gradually, gradually, um, we can overcome that boundary and, and go even deeper. I hope this helps for the first question. Thank you, Bhante. And sorry for the feedback earlier. I changed the, the setup here slightly. The second question here is, is contemplation a part and parcel of all meditations? Thank you. Hmm. Um, yes, I would say so, because what we just did in our meditation um, was actually contemplation. I mean, I was just reflecting when the question now came in, what does um, contemplation mean? And contemplation means holding an object in our mind and observing it very, very carefully. And the longer we hold it and the longer we observe it, the more insight we gain into it. Now, contemplation is not thinking. If we are thinking, then we are um, not holding the object still not really holding it, we are kind of, I don't know, <laughs> trying to mess with it, basically. <laughs> we are not being the scientist who is collecting the data. We are the philosopher who is thinking about it. And that is not contemplation. So, um, but in that respect, how I just described it, I would say that it is contemplation, but in meditation, of course, when we do that to a very deep degree, then we merge with the object, with our meditation object, and we experience the meditation object, but we are not in that sense holding it or contemplating it anymore. As I tried to describe in the meditation, we are actually being held or the whole concept of someone holding and something being held just disappears for that period of time where we are absorbed in the object. And then when we come out, then we can go in a more kind of contemplation mode again, where we just ask ourselves uh, or ask ourselves, what, what was that? But again, I encourage you not to think about these things, just to direct your mind towards a certain area and then see what arises. 
And that's how wisdom and insight uh, arises when the mind is still and when therefore the object the mind is holding is still as well. I hope that kind of makes sense. <laughs> Very often when you ask questions, I'm kind of primed by what I've been teaching and what I've been doing in the meditation. So very often <laughs> the answers kind of um, turn out that way. Okay, next one. Thank you, Bhante. This is the third and final question so far for tonight, unless mm -hmm. another one comes in. The question is, I find that sometimes a desire for deep meditation experiences or progress in the path blocks me from achieving peace in meditation as I see it as not good enough. Any advice on letting go of this desire while staying motivated to practice? Okay. Yes, that is um, very well said. Because again, uh, meditation is about letting go. And if we do let go, then the results come by themselves. But if we are trying to uh, bring the results about, then we are messing up the whole process. So, um, uh, how not to lose the motivation? Well, I mean, for me, the motivation lies in a different area. The motivation actually lies in in knowing the benefits of the meditation. And then I would meditate no matter what, <laughs> because no matter what arises in your meditation, you will be able to learn from it. Even if it's a bad meditation, so to speak, then you realize, oh, okay, what I've been doing this time, wasn't really helpful. <laughs> um, I might have to approach this in a different way. And you you gain some understanding from it. And then you haven't, you know, really, really lost anything. And it's important that we understand we are not meditating only to um, experience those deep states. We are meditating to learn, to relate to whatever arises with this gentleness and kindness um, that metta um, represents. And if we do that, then all these obstacles will start to to fade away, to, to melt away, and we will be able to get in touch with with that light that I was describing on the other on the other side. So yeah, no matter what is arising in meditation, if you can try to find those cracks and the light behind those cracks. And when you're going through experiences like these ones, of course they can be they can be difficult and they can be frustrating, but they are informing your practice and they are also empowering your practice. So once some of those optic obstacles are actually overcome, then that light that was there 
um, can even shine brighter. So don't don't get discouraged um, by by these things. Um, reflect on the benefits, and then don't really think about achieving anything. So if you can just give the time that you have to meditation, uh, that is beautiful. And even if you, you know, just say this meditation I'll be just spending with with my body, for example, if if the mind is not in the right place uh, at that time, that is that is good enough too. Okay. Um, yes, that's what comes to mind. <laughs> Do we have any any more or? No, Bhante, that was, that was the last question for tonight. So thank you so much again for your guidance and answers. Yes, no worries. I, I hope uh, that was helpful for you. I hope uh, you had a nice, peaceful meditation. Um, please take care wherever you are. And uh, yes, carry on practicing. So have a good night and bye-bye.